So we see Jesus today, in 2021, doing what Ezekiel did in Ezekiel 37, speaking and the spiritually dead come to life. Welcome to The Fox Den with Terry Fox. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 40. I hope you all are doing well. Today, I want to take a look at Ezekiel chapter 37, and this is the account of the Valley of Dry Bones, and there's several things I want you to see in this account. And he says in verse 1 that the Lord was upon him and brought him out in the spirit and set him down in the middle of the valley. And he notes that it was full of bones. And then it says in verse 2 that God led him around and there were many bones on the surface of the valley. And note what it says at the end of verse 2. They were very dry bones. Now, isn't that interesting? Why would he say that? Well, first, he's noting that these are dead people. They're bones. But they're not just bones as if these people just died. They're dry, which would indicate that they've been dead for a while. But he's emphatic on the dry. They're not just dry bones. They're very dry bones, which means these people have been dead a long time. And then God asks him a question in verse 3, and he asks him if the bones can live. So then in verse 4, God tells him to prophesy over the bones and tell them to hear the word of the Lord. And then in verse 5, and tell the bones that the Lord said that he would cause breath to enter them and they shall live. And in verse 6, he tells them that God is going to pull them back together and put flesh on these bones, breathe life into them, and they shall live. So in verse 7, we see that Ezekiel prophesies as he was commanded. And as he prophesied, you can hear the sounds of the bones rattling, and they came together And then flesh came upon the bones, and then skin over the muscle and other tissue. So now, from these dry bones, there's a body, but the body is lifeless. It's just laying there. There's no breath. Then God tells him to prophesy to the breath, and say to it, Come from the four winds, and breathe on them that they may live. So he did. And breath came into these lifeless bodies, and they stood up on their feet. And it says that it was an exceedingly great army. It seems to me that this is an account of a vision that Ezekiel had concerning who God is and what he's going to do. In verse 1, it says that he brought him out in the spirit of the Lord. So it seems to me this is a vision, not an actual event. But just because this may not be an actual event doesn't mean that it's not true, first of all, and that it won't happen. In this vision that God is giving him, he is showing him what he's going to do. And also, in verse 11, God said to him that these bones are the whole house of Israel. So it seems that God is painting him a picture of what he's going to do. You see, at the end of verse 11, the whole house of Israel says our bones are dried up, they lost hope, and they're cut off. So God tells him in verse 12 to prophesy and say to them that God said that he will open their graves and raise them from the graves. And God tells them that he will bring them into the land of Israel. And in verse 13, he tells them that they will know that he is the Lord when he opens up the graves and he raises them from the dead. And he's not talking to all mankind. Look at what he says at the end of verse 13. Oh, my people. And look at what he says in verse 14. He is going to put his spirit in them and they will live. 
and he will place them in their own land. Then they will know that he is the Lord. And look at how verse 14 concludes. He has spoken, and he will do it. Now, there's several things I want to point out here, and that is the power of God's spoken word. Did you notice that God didn't have Ezekiel do anything other than prophesy? And when Ezekiel prophesied, what happened? The bones came together, and flesh grew on the bones. And then he prophesies to the breath, and they become living beings, a great army of God's people. God's speaking power should not take us by surprise. We see this in Genesis chapter 1. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God created with speech. You know as well as I do how powerful words are. They can build up and they can destroy. Now, God's words are much more powerful than ours. But you do know the power of words. You have spoken words to others. You have built them up and you've destroyed them. I have too. We're all guilty of hurting people with our words. Words are powerful. And God created with words. But we see the same thing in the four Gospels. Jesus calmed the storm with his speech. Jesus healed the sick with his speech. Jesus raised the dead with his speech. But do you know what Jesus does today with his speech? He makes the spiritually dead come to life. Now, I've touched on this in previous episodes, but let me take some time to go through this again. Take a look at John chapter 10. Here we see that Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. And in verse 16, we see that Jesus calls his sheep. And then we see in verse 27, not only do they hear his voice, but they follow him. And then in verse 28, he says that he gives them eternal life. You see, Jesus calls his sheep with his voice, and they follow him. Now, you can listen to episode 34, where I talk in full about Christ as the good shepherd. But now let's look at Romans chapter 10, verse 14. And in that verse, Paul asks three questions, and it's the second question in that verse that we want to focus on. Now, I talk about this in more detail in episode 26, but just to make a quick point here, Paul is asking how are they going to believe if they've never heard? And in the English Standard Version and several others, it puts an of before the whom. So when you read that question, it sounds like you have to hear about Jesus in order to come to faith. And that's true, but the New American Standard actually captures this question much better, and it drops that of before the whom. So it would ask, how are they going to believe him whom they have not heard? I hope you catch the distinction. The point that Paul is making in that question is, they cannot believe in Jesus if they don't hear Jesus. It's not that they have to hear about Jesus in order to come to faith. They have to hear the voice of Jesus himself in order to come to faith. Do you see what Jesus is doing? He's doing what Ezekiel did in Ezekiel 37. He spoke and the bones came together. He spoke and these bodies came to life. You see, Ezekiel 37 is pointing forward to Jesus. So when we take the good news of Christ throughout the world, Jesus speaks The Holy Spirit changes the hearts of people. They hear the voice of Jesus, and they follow him, just like Jesus said in John chapter 10. So we see Jesus today, in 2021, doing what Ezekiel did in Ezekiel 37, speaking 
and the spiritually dead come to life. As a little side note here, evangelism cannot fail. Now, it's true that we may get some theological points incorrect, but God can work around those, and he does. And sure, we want to be as consistent and true as possible. We don't want to tell people things that are not true about God. But even in our weakest attempt to share the good news of Christ, God changes the hearts of his people and they respond to the voice of Christ. So this is the first thing I want you to see, is the power of God's word and Jesus is doing this today. But this isn't just about spiritual life. This isn't just about the spiritually dead coming to life. This is about resurrection. This is about you and me rising from the dead. Now, you may have heard me say this in other episodes, but you are in the Bible, and this is one of those places. So when God is telling us what he's going to do in the future, raising us from the dead, he had you in mind. Now, Jesus says the same thing in John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29. There he says, the Son of Man will call those who are in their tombs, and they will rise from the dead. And in verse 29, he's talking about every human being. His people go to heaven, and the others go to hell. But they all rise from the dead. But did you catch the title of the one who's going to call us from the grave? Son of Man. Now, the Son of Man is Jesus, but I want you to think about that. Who else was called Son of Man? Well, Ezekiel was in Ezekiel 37. Look at verse 3. You see, this is pointing to Jesus. Something else I want to point out here is this affirms what Paul says in Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Notice it was Ezekiel, the son of man, who spoke, and this happened. Notice God spoke through a man. And the bones came together, and flesh grew on the bones. And he spoke again, and breath came into the man. You see, when we go and we proclaim the good news of Christ, it's not our words. It's Christ's word that has power. As a matter of fact, if you look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says that faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And that's not a word about Christ. That's his word. Jesus speaks and the spiritually dead come to life. It's Christ's word that has power, not ours. Now, going back to Romans 10, 14, if you look at the last question of verse 14 and the first question of verse 15, you see that hearing comes through the preacher. The idea here is that the preacher is the voice box of Christ. That's all a preacher is. Jesus speaks through the preacher. Now, again, this doesn't mean that a preacher has an out-of-body experience as if Jesus takes over and He has no idea of what happened. No, he crafts his sermon. He takes time to study, to communicate the Word of God correctly. And as he delivers his sermon on Sunday morning, Christ speaks. Now, that doesn't mean that every word that the preacher says is infallible. It's as the good news is proclaimed, Jesus speaks to the preacher. That's the point that Paul's getting at there at the end of verse 14 in the beginning of verse 15. The preacher is sent by Christ to go throughout the world, and as he proclaims the good news, Christ speaks. In this account of the Valley of Dry Bones, we see with words, God pulls the bones together. God grows muscle and tissue on the bones. He grows skin over the muscle and tissue. 
He calls breath to come into the body laying on the ground, and it becomes a living being. You see, this is the Christ that we worship. We've seen this in the New Testament. Jesus rebukes a storm, and it calms. Jesus tells a leper that he's clean, and his disease is gone. Jesus tells a man that his son is going to be well, and his son is healed. Jesus called Lazarus out of the grave. This is the Christ that we worship. And Christ is not finished. He's coming again, and he's going to call us from the grave. And we're going to rise from the dead, and we're going to enter into eternal glory with God in body and soul. So as you go about the remainder of your week, and perhaps things aren't going your way, keep in mind what is coming. You see, that eternal glory that is coming, that's our hope. When Ezekiel said in verse 14 that God is going to place them in their own land, you see, that's where we're going. We're going to the promised land where we will spend eternity with God in bodies that cannot sin, suffer, or die. And all of this, the work of Christ. Now, I want to point out one more thing. And notice in verse 14 that God said that he would put his spirit in them and they will live. You see, God is the one who does all the work in our salvation. He's the one who makes us spiritually alive. He's the one who puts his spirit in us. And look at Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27. There God says he's going to give us a new heart and remove the heart of stone. He's going to put his spirit within us and cause us to walk in his statutes. You see, God is the one who breathes life into us. God is the one who works in us to obey him. Paul affirms the same thing. Look at what he says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. God is the one who works in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. God gets the credit for our obedience. So I hope you're encouraged today as we looked at the Valley of Dry Bones. And I hope you get a better understanding of the power of Christ's voice, that you see what's coming, resurrection, and that you recognize that God is the one who works in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. 